Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You want to know what the best email marketing service is for your small business? Well, I've got the team for you. Emailtooltester.com is the place to find reviews and tutorials of newsletter services like ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, GetResponse, and many more. Download their free comparison spreadsheet that will help you find the best email marketing service among many providers. Just Google Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. Again, just Google it. Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. This week on the show, I've got Jill Thomas. She's the CMO of the PGA Tour Superstore. And this is a big, big week and month coming up for the golf and the PGA. We're right now in the midst of the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've got the U.S. Open coming up in June. And then in July, the Open Championship and so many other golf tournaments throughout the country and the world are going on as well. So it's going to be a fun conversation talking about golf, what's changing with golf, how the PGA Tour Superstore plays a role in addressing the needs of new golfers entering the sport, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jill Thomas. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. This is going to be a fun conversation. Um, one, we're going to be talking about golf. So that's kind of fun. But I have to, I was looking at your background and you've been in snacking, it seems like, your entire career. How did you end up in golf? I know, right? It's kind of an incredible leap, but I, you know, it has to be clean living. I did something right along the way, you know, but seriously, it was uh, really my greatest fortune. I sort of pinch myself every day because I get to mix two of my greatest passions, the art and science of marketing and golf. And, you know, to be able to do that is, it's really incredible. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about your path. Like where did you start your career and, and how'd you end up as the chief marketing officer for the PGA Tour Superstore? Yeah, I started out uh, very early knowing kind of exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up through a great, you know, when you're in high school and a lot of your friends might work at the mall or or in fast food. I actually worked in marketing for public supermarkets. It's kind of a long story. I won't get into it, how I did that. But by the time I went to college, I knew this is my passion and this is what what I was going to be doing. And, and in fact, after my first year of college, I dropped out and went straight to work. I, I started in, a, in an advertising agency. And then I, I ultimately, and it was, you know, it's always funny to me because I remember very much, you know, being very naive and, and probably not as experienced as I tried to pretend that I was. And I would say things like, wait, why is that person telling me what to do? And I'm like, they're like the marketing person. So I'm like, wait a minute, how do I get to the other side of this table? And and I really made the leap to marketing, which I believe was the seminal moment of my career where I recognized that I wanted to sort of be about driving that story and driving the customer. And, and so ultimately I, I moved myself to the other side of the table and I, uh, you know, really, I went back to business school eventually. Of course, I finished my undergraduate degree at night, but I was working the whole time. Um, and I worked in field marketing and QSRs, which, you know, quick service restaurants are some of the most sophisticated uh, marketers and biggest advertisers. And I was uh, with PepsiCo, uh, which is the predecessor to Yum! Brands. A lot of people probably don't know that. And eventually made my way to the Walt Disney Company. And that was sort of the second pivotal moment of my career. And from that point on, that really set myself, uh, you know, set me up for acceleration. And I just, I sort of made a name for myself, even at Disney as a transformational and growth oriented marketer, someone who could kind of work in the gray space. And that's it's kind of how I've spent the rest, you know, the last uh, 10 years and PGA Tour Superstore was that opportunity of a lifetime to bring all those things together and an opportunity to transform a small traditional marketing organization into a modern marketing organization, um, which is the journey that we're on right now. That's an amazing story. I've had all types of folks on the show, like some people, you know, started out as an engineer, some people started out in finance and found their way to marketing. You're probably like in a rare group that knew at that early of an age that you wanted to be a marketer. Like, how did you, I'm just, you got to tell me one more nugget of like, how did you even know marketing exists? Yeah, that's it's you're so right. And uh, it's always interesting to me. I love to hear how people came to, you know, this journey that we're all on. And I just had an incredible mentor, a, a guy by the name of Mark Irby, who up until very recently was the head of marketing at Publix supermarkets. And 
when I was in high school, he wasn't much older than I was. And he just sort of took me under his wing. And he said, you know, you can approach this job as a typical summer job. You can file things and answer my phone and manage my calendar, or you can come to every single meeting that we have and learn, read every file in my office and learn everything that you want to know. And at the time, Publix was transforming itself from generic private label I know this is really dating myself, by the way, but the, it was going, you know, to like what is truly store brands and building out uh, the public's premium brand, which was about consumer insights and research and product management and packaging. And it was all these really cool projects that sort of balanced this need in me that was the creative side meeting the analytical side. And I, I do think that is the thing that makes me a little bit different. I, I have a need to sort of function in both of those spaces. And I think that really has attributed to my ability to get into this role over the last decade or so. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it's always important to have mentors around, but somebody that just opens everything up to let you experience. Well, let's talk about the PGA Tour Superstore. Like describe that for listeners, because we've got listeners in many different countries um, all across the U.S. as well. So give me a little more. I know it's it's a brand that it's like if you know you know and you're like super excited. It's it's the Walt Disney World of of golf. The PGA Tour Superstore is the largest specialty golf retailer in the country and maybe even safe to say the world. We have 53 stores as of this week and we have even more planned for 2022. We have a lot of growth planned. We're entering new markets, Charlotte, Philadelphia. These are it's super exciting right now to see the customers face when they find out we're showing up in town, it's pretty cool. Our stores are about 40,000 square feet. So they're, they're big, they're very large, hence the term superstore. And they are literally filled with the best, the newest, the coolest brands in golf and tennis. We have equipment, we have gear, we have apparel, footwear, really a ton of cool services to help our customers play their best. Like we, we fit people. I know if you're not a golfer, you might not know what that means. It just means we really try to help you get into the right equipment. We have teaching professionals and a whole bunch of amazing associates. We sort of serve as our customers personal club pro if they're not a member at a private club. It's just a place where you can go where you know that people are really there to try to help you uh, play your, inspire you to play your best and help you get there, which if you're a golfer, you understand is the never ending journey to imp game improvement. I think the other thing that's super interesting about the PJ Tour Superstore is obviously we are uh, partially owned by the PJ Tour, but we are primarily owned by AMB Sports and Entertainment, which is said differently, Arthur Blank, who is the founder of Home Depot. And as you can imagine, uh, the, it's an incredible opportunity and experience to work with Arthur and our, our senior leadership team. Arthur is, is a legend in many ways, not only in retailing, but just as a person who is dedicated to making the world a better place. So it's very uh, much a purpose-driven brand and it's, it's really fun. And it just like when you see a customer walk in the door, you can see their eyes light up and, and they're, you know, I don't think there's any place in the world as cool as our stores for golf and tennis enthusiasts. <laughs> it does sound appropriately phrased as the Walt Disney World for golf so and tennis. So let's talk about golf a little bit more because the game, the game is golf, right? Like it's, it's always been golf, but like it seems to be 
people are changing. The people that are coming to golf are changing a little bit. Tell me more about the trends that you're seeing in the sport. Well, you, you couldn't be more right. There could not be a more exciting time. I know a lot of people talk about when Tiger Woods uh, first uh, sort of changed the sport of golf, increased its popularity. And, and, and that was sort of the big moment for golf, uh, expanding the audience a little wider. And this has to be the second big moment for golf because it is so exciting right now to see the broadening of the audience. You know, it is it is not that stereotypical golfer that I think many people sort of picture in their head. It is more inclusive. It's about women, people of color, a younger audience, uh, and even fans of golf that are sort of into the lifestyle, but might, act, might not actually be playing. It's just a really a really cool time to see how many people are embracing the sport and really starting to understand, you know, what sort of what's the what's the secret about it? Why is it so addictive? And 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 so you know, so many people are so into it. And I think the answer is, and and I you know, I don't I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that you know, COVID sort of helped some people rediscover or discover for the first time that golf is this amazing sport. It's one where you can play with your friends, you can safely distance, but socially connect. And so it's really been having its moment over the last two years. I I think one thing that's really important to share with the audience is that 75% of all the golf courses in the U.S. are open to the public. So it's not, you know, I think there's this mindset that it's for the, you know, a very small group of people. It's actually an incredible way to kind of get outside, get connected to nature, uh, challenge yourself in a new way. And, you know, venues like Topgolf are helping too. So access has really broadened the appeal of the sport, being able to do it and, and opened it up to this whole new, younger, more diverse audience. And it, it could not be a more exciting time in the sport. Yeah. I mean, I did not know that stat that you you just used the 75% of golf courses are open to the public. It, it's, I had no idea, frankly, <laughs> that that was the case. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And every community has, you know, that one place that you can go and yeah, it's, it's really changing the way that it's really changing the face of the game. Well, how, how are you thinking about growth as the demographics are changing, you know, more women, more bringing just generally more diverse people into golf? How are you thinking about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's the catalyst for transformation, quite frankly, you know, because when, you know, if you go back 10 years and you think that golf was a very narrow audience and, and maybe more easily defined, you know, I, I always, I don't like the term, you know, demographic profiling. I think that's the, the downfall of any marketer is to think about instead of audiences and individuals, these, these sort of benign groups of, of people. And, and for the last, you know, I, I always think about the fact that our senior leadership team at the PGA Tour Superstore is, is pretty small. We're six people, including our CEO, and two of us are women, and, and we're both very avid golfers. So our commitment to women's golf in particular is, is deeply rooted, and we absolutely have the most product, gear, apparel, you know, style is important to women. Our fitter of the year was a, a female, and, and we just, I, I think this is, this is really interesting I don't think there's any other brand that could say this, but last year for, uh, you know, for international women's golf day, 
we uh, ran an entire store completely with women. And I don't think anybody in the world could do that. So when I think about growth and, you know, sort of empathetically, like what is important to these new audiences, I just think we go deep. We are very committed, whether it's a, from a product standpoint, different kinds of products. You know, there's jokes about hoodies on the golf course. Yeah, you can absolutely find a hoodie in our store. You can absolutely find an incredible print uh, polo. It's not just <laughs> monochrome, you know, colors. It's just you can express your personality now more than ever before. And, and that's really what's helping us grow is to reaching is reaching out to these new audiences. Love that. Well, and how as the organization changes, as you get more assortment, you know, un- unique products, how has this like pushed you or the organization kind of think differently about marketing? how how you're marketing. Yeah, I it's interesting because when I when I joined the team, it was pre-COVID and still growth was happening pre-COVID, especially for the PGA Tour Superstore because we were opening up new stores and what we find is when we go into a new market, people get really excited, the market actually grows. It's really cool. So the growth was happening, but this explosive growth with these new audiences that really has been this catalyst for change. And like I said, no longer is that avid golfer easily described as like, you know, by some demographic. So what that means is we have to know and engage the customer in a more personalized and targeted way. And as a marketer, you know what that means, which, you know, that starts going down this this path, you know, that of course is what I always describe. And anybody who's ever worked with me knows Nirvana is right person, right message, right moment. So once you start down that personalization journey with data and the supporting technology, loyalty becomes increasingly more critical. Um, This really sets, sets you down that path for transformation where we become a much more modern marketing organization, putting customer data at the center of everything that we are doing. And it it is really where we are right now. I have, uh, the, we've grown the team significantly. Uh, we were a rather small team when I started about 11 people, half of whom were dedicated to e-commerce. Um, now we're about 30 people. And, you know, I think it's the right size for a business our size. Uh, but we elevated our talent, our technology. We're really aligning our team around business priorities and campaigns like never before. All of our audiences are being managed sort of uniquely, which is totally different. We're getting more agile and we're really focused on accountability on our team across across channels and on big campaigns that matter. So it, it truly for me, it has been a, a really exciting two and a half years Um, Because not only do I get to work in the sport that I love and talk about the products that I think are cool, but I get to really um, shape uh, this, the sort of our path forward in terms of marketing. It's, it's no longer, we buy media at mass, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of money with the golf channel. Like, you know, we we're it's so interesting to me because TV has never been a targeted medium and, you know, broadcast TV and, the golf channel is, you know, so, so you can be there and know who you're going to reach, but in our new world, that's not the only place we can be. And that, and that has changed sort of everything that we've been doing. I could, I could talk about that for hours. I know that we're gonna... <laughs> 
it would be half therapy and also very fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're driving a lot of change, a lot of transformation and really trying to understand the customer and engage them where they are at the moment that they're there. I mean, that's a lot. And and uh, big growth, 11 people up to 30 on the team now. I'm curious, like what you said about half of the original crew were f- more focused on the e-com side. What were the things that you had to add to make this transformation come to life? Yeah, I, I kind of had to add uh, performance marketing. We needed a, a stronger understanding of, of performance. Social, uh, we did not have a dedicated social media manager. That's obviously critical right now. We have an incredible social media manager who's making a difference in our business and on, with our brand. We added, um, we kind of separated the idea of email marketing as a channel and loyalty, CRM and loyalty. So we've added resources there, um, some really strong digital talent from some of the greatest digital brands out there. Uh, we've been able to attract uh, consumer insights. We didn't have a dedicated insights person. So community relations, we've really grown that area. We've added several people there. So if you kind of look at the disciplines of marketing, you know, I don't think there's an, a, an area where we didn't beef up or add more, you know, add more resources or really bring new resources in for the first time. It is, it, it's interesting because, and it's a study in cultural change because we have a lot of very experienced marketers today where we had a much younger in the earlier in their career group, maybe uh, two and a half years ago. And that means that we have a point of view and we want a seat at the table for our representation of cu- the customer and the customer data and the passion that we have around change. And it's, it's just a very, it's exciting. And, and we've been totally embraced by the organization. And we spend a lot of time talking about change management right now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What does explosive growth do to a company and how do we, like, I, we, I, I'm sure you've heard the uh, build the plane and fly the plane at the same time. And that is 100% uh, the way that we're working and we get it right 
a lot of the time and we get it wrong sometimes too, but we're making dramatic improvement every day. We go through, we went through the whole storming, forming and norming. And it's, it's just, it's really exciting as a marketing leader um, to, you know, to have the opportunity to shape how we approach and think about marketing as an organization, but also to take these individuals who are so talented and try to put them together like a beautiful orchestra working towards a common goal is it's really gratifying to me personally. And, and uh, I hope that I can look back at this as sort of the greatest performance of my professional career because it, it's really tapping sort of every part of my, my of my brain as a leader, the technical side, the leadership side, all of those are it's coming together at once. No, it sounds like a phenomenal opportunity to build and shape an organization and, and really make an impact for that matter. Well, tell me a little bit about marketing, like some examples of things that you guys have brought to life over the last year or so. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, you, you look back, sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you don't really think about well, what did we do last week, last year, you know, we're so focused on the future, but there are some things if I, if I take a step back and I, and I look at and I go, wow, that's pretty cool that we did that. This campaign that we started last year called Girls Got Drive, it's really about, not about golf. It is about women and empowering women. And, you know, golf is, is, is a sport, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a challenging sport in, in a lot of different ways. And it's a character builder, you know, so I think there's a natural connection between strong-willed women with drive and golf. And so we created this campaign called Girls Got Drive to really focus on stories about women that have drive. They could be golfers. They might not be golfers, but it's been a lot. It's a passion for me personally and for a lot of those on my team. And it's manifested itself in a lot of different ways. And this year it's getting even bigger. So that's really exciting. We have this incredible partnership with International Women's Golf Day, which is the first Tuesday of June. Um, like I mentioned last year, we ran the entire store with women on International Women's Golf Day, which like I said, I don't think anybody could ever could ever do that. I'm talking about a 40,000 square foot store. So, you know, we had with instructors and fitters and, and all the associates across the store running every job, GM, associate GM, every role. So I thought that was really cool. So that's sort of the, the one example of how we're trying to bring the women's story to life um, beyond just the golf, but really the supporting women, supporting women is a part of that. And then, you know, the funner things I think that we've done from a storytelling standpoint, obviously, I think I shared with you, uh, we did a spoof video during COVID about the quiet sign guy. And th this is a little bit like inside baseball. You need to understand that when, you know, fans were not allowed out at, at PJ tour events, we were asking ourselves like, well, where's the quiet sign guy, the guy who holds up the sign, like he's a really important, you know, character in a, in the excitement of watching golf. And we wanted to tell his story. And so we created this, this long format video that is still one of my, I, it makes me laugh really hard whenever I watch it, because there's so many little, little nuggets in there. You know, at one point we like, zone in on a trophy on his counter and he's the quiet sign guy of the year. And he has a, a pillow on his couch that says, shh, you know, it's just, it's just super funny. And we invested a lot in it. And our, our purpose was, Hey, you know, you can't get out into, into these events right now, but how can we bring some joy and happiness into your life? And so we really started to 
not just talk about product and price, but really talk about brand storytelling and how do we connect emotionally with the customers that care so deeply about this sport. And I think that's most best translated into our Father's Day uh, spot last year, a campaign we call Scorecards, which is a beautiful story about a father-son relationship over the course of their lives and how golf has sort of been that memory creator and the scorecard is the device that create, you know, that allows them to 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 look back at their at their their life together. And it's very poignant. Um, definitely a tearjerker. And we will absolutely be running it again. And we're so proud of it because it really gets into the insight of that emotional connection uh, that golf can allow in terms of creating memories. So those are some of the bigger things. Obviously, our our investment in social media is bigger than it's ever been. We're working with influencers and a lot of different partnerships. And we're, we're really expanding beyond the PGA Tour, closer with uh, the LPGA in particular, really just to expand this audience of golfers. It's so much bigger than than, you know, than it once was. So we're just trying to find them wherever they are and, and be relevant as best that we can. I mean, it's amazing work. And um, we'll try to link to as many of those things as we can so people can check them out for themselves. But yeah, the, the, kudos. I mean, that's that's a, a long list of great work. Well, one thing we like to do on the show is to switch gears and maybe we'll still talk about business, but more talk about you a little bit more. And I love asking everybody that comes on the show this, my favorite question, which is, has there been an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? This is, has got to be the hardest question that anyone could ever ask another person. I think the, the truthful answer is it's not particularly one moment in time. It's sort of a series of events and wouldn't be right not to mention I just I happen to have this incredible system of support from my parents my husband my children and an incredible circle of supportive women who are all focused on that thing we work so hard to do which is be amazing in our jobs while balancing our families and I, I you know so I would I would say motherhood is that moment that defines like who you're going to be I'm unfortunately blessed that also my family is composed of completely avid rapid, passionate golfers. So they are so, you know, they get so excited about what I'm doing and hearing all the things. So I think motherhood has to be that, that moment because motherhood helps you, first of all, learn to not, you know, it's not about you. And I always say the best skill of a marketer is empathy, right? It's, it's walk a mile in, in somebody else's shoes And I think that's one of my superpowers. I think I'm extremely empathetic and that allows me to be a passionate advocate for our customers and different audiences and really our mission as marketers, which is to put the customer first and at the center of things. So I think if I'm being, I don't want to be corny, but I do think that motherhood is probably the best, the experience that best set me up for the success that I'm having in my career right now. No, it it makes perfect sense as a father, not on the mother's side, but on the father's side. It is amazing how much, you know, that little being that comes into life can test your patience, test your, Absolutely. your, your values <laughs> from day to day, and then be the sweetest, you know, individual you've ever met in your life on other days. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's a fun, fun experience. What advice would you give your younger self if you're starting this journey all over again? Well, I think that's a, a perfect seamless transition because, you know, the I, I like to say I'm I'm type A masquerading as as smooth jazz. And what I mean by that is I try to on the outside be as you know, calm and cool as, and collected as I can. And, and that probably comes from motherhood or, or, uh, learning over time, but underneath the surface, you know, I'm a fairly intense person. And so I guess if I were to give myself advice, I would say, you know, patience pays off, uh, respond, don't react and, you know, try to keep your emotions in control. And, and, and sometimes I've, I've said, oh, it's passion. <laughs> you know, it's intensity is what it is and a, a, a serious uh, desire to achieve and to do good. And so I just, I think patience would be the one word I would like to whisper in the ear of my younger self. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you have to have a t-shirt or a coffee mug made with that type A masquerading and smooth <laughs> jazz. That's like the best description I've ever heard. Okay, good. I might do that. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I, I, I would buy one. I needed a side hustle. I needed a side yeah, hustle. I would definitely buy one personally. <laughs> I love that. Is there a topic you think marketers need to be learning more about now or, or maybe something that you're trying to learn more about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if this is a new idea. I find that kind of interesting that, you know, I I was pretty spoiled in the early part of my career when you work at the Walt Disney Company or Yum! Brands or PepsiCo, these giant companies that are so marketing forward and and customer driven. And And then you, as you sort of navigate away and you find yourself in, in companies that maybe haven't sort of gotten there or they don't have the resources to kind of move as quickly as some of these bigger brands, you take some things for granted. So you find yourself in these moments where you're like, well, doesn't everybody know and understand that? And and then you realize, no, that's why you're here. You're here to teach and to help and to lead and to transform. So customer data management and personalization at scale through automation is, is the technical response to right person, right message, right moment. And I always say there's only two things any marketer ever needs to know. One is right person, right message, right moment. And that's, you know, how you deliver that is very complicated, but that's the nirvana state for us, I think all. And then the second one is it's not about you. And that goes back to my empathy thing, which is, you know, really try to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the other person. And you can do that technically through a discipline of consumer insights and data and really leveraging it to drive your decision-making. So customer data management and personalization is, should be on everybody. If you're not an expert at it, you should be trying to be an expert. And if you truly want to put the customer first, then you know that you want to deliver messages that resonate, that are relevant. And that is a customer first mindset. Like I don't want to send you messages or try to reach you or, you know, that old way that we used to do marketing, which was we tried to interrupt you while you were doing something you wanted to do. You know, if you're watching, you're watching the Super Bowl and we're going to try to wave our arms and get you to look over here because we, we need your attention. And now it's not about 
that it's about being relevant and, and working within the life of a person in a relevant way. And so to me, the technical way you do that is through customer data management and personalization. And, and it's complicated when you start talking about machine learning and real-time decisioning and the ability to deliver messages and offers and loyalty across many channels. It, it, it's, that is not a small task. And if you don't have the giant resources of very big companies... And the internal organization and mindset around what that looks like, it, it can be a challenge. But I think once you once you connect the dots for your organization and the light bulbs go off, then they join you in the mission because they totally get it. So that for me, that would be by far number one. It's awesome. Well, on the personal front, are there brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? I'm such a, a lover of marketing and an appreciator of brands. And, and so I follow and I admire and I try to glean learning from so many great brands. And I kind of think of it in maybe a couple of different categories. Like one, I love brands that are just fun and bring joy to the world. So, you know, a brand like Oreo, which is just, a you know, they totally get what they are. They're a cookie, right? They're just, they're not over, don't overthink it, right? <laughs> And then, of course, in that same category would be the love of my life, which is Cinnabon. And, you know, Cinnabon really understands who it is as a brand. It's meant to bring a moment of respite into the crazy world. And it's just the brand just looks for fun ways to to make you happy. So I love brands like that. But then as a marketer, I really appreciate brands that are sophisticated marketers, but they're purpose driven. And so some great examples in my mind are brands like Chipotle or Starbucks. Again, these are brands that that totally know themselves. They are totally comfortable being exactly who they are. They know their role in the world and they're trying to do cool things and deliver great products, of course, but they're they're really trying to make a difference. And then of, of course there's brands that know and love their you know their customer and deliver those personalized experiences. I think my my funnest, I think one of the funnest things that's happening in marketing, if you're again a nerd of marketing like I am, I love the Sephora Ulta battle that happens every day. I mean, this is like a great example of how innovation competition can drive innovation, right? These are two brands that you on the surface, you would think are totally overlapping brands and they are both pushing each other to do really cool things. And they figured out how to define a space for each of them. I'm sure they're always trying to get share from one another. And I can only imagine what those those meetings are like, but I think they're doing incredible things. And I, I, I love those brands. So I could, I could go on for hours and talk about brand. I know that's not the purpose of the question, but you know, I just, there's so many and, and, and really any brand that understands product and price is the second message, not the first and, and really wants the customer and how the brand makes their life better, puts that forward is those are the brands I most admire. Yeah, no, there's a great list of brands um, in particular. And I need to pay more attention to the Sephora Ulta <laughs> battle because uh, that sounds really cool. I need to be paying more attention to that. Thanks for putting that on my radar. You're going to have to get into beauty products. but <laughs> Well, I have a 14-year-old daughter. So oh, maybe, okay. maybe, well, she hasn't, she hasn't really done that 
you know, gotten too into that stuff yet, but it's coming. It's coming. We're oh, about to go coming. into high school. So I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting an explosion of going you, to those stores. You better just sign up for those loyalty programs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat? facing marketers today? When I think about this question, of course, there's probably like some very wise macroeconomic influence out there that I should be responding to. And I'm I'm sure that would be a wise decision, but I'm going to go down a a little bit of a different path, which is I I think the, the greatest threat to marketers is really not leaning into technology and innovation change and let, you know, those things that are driving how we know and engage our customers at scale. And what I mean by that very specifically is marketers must drive the digital agenda. And I, I know that it gets confusing because technology is the enabler but it's not the thing. It's just the enabler. I think I call it like systems of engagement versus systems of record, right? So knowing and engaging the customer with empathy is that unique talent and skill that marketers bring to the table. And we have to harness everything that we know and deliver this personalized experience. That's our greatest opportunity. It's that holy grail, if you will, right person, right message, right moment. And that's why we, I really so strongly believe that that we need to drive the digital agenda. And I don't think it's the case um, in many organizations. And, and I think that is a, that should be a concern. And I'm not sure that was the, what you were expecting as an answer, but threat to marketers is, is losing control of that digital, the digital roadmap. Well, and I mean, to your earlier point about the nirvana of right people, right message, right time, right moment without driving that digital agenda, you're giving up the keys to the castle to achieve that. <laughs> and and it needs to do it in a very empathetic way versus a very tech building block way, you know, Lego block way, I guess. So yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Well, Jill, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been fun. Thank you so much for having me. It has been fun. Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Same time, same place. <laughs> <laughs> same time, same place. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with support from my team and podcast editors, sound engineers, and writers at Share Your Genius. Find them at shareyourgenius.com. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. You can contact me on marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you will also find complete show notes, links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.